Welcome to Gimme Some Truth. I'm Kevin Castro, your podcast producer, and your hosts are Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, and Jonathan Jordan of Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. This podcast series is dedicated to illuminating some of the darkness around conflicts of interest and motivations in the financial planning industry, as well as current events and investment concepts. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. This is Jonathan. I'm here with Clint and Nate, and we're going to be talking today about uh, New Year's resolutions and resolutions, you know, that that are for some people uh, very important things that they want to work on. For others, they know they're probably going to break them, but they're fun to make. And I know, uh, you know, whether it comes to our health or our, uh, you know, spiritual life or whatever people have that they want to make resolutions. Uh, re- resolutions for one of the things we we often get is you know financial resolutions so some of the stuff we're going to talk about today so nate do you do a resolution i did one a few years ago that i was going to start writing in cursive um <laughs> lasted about two days um until i re- realized that i couldn't even read my own cursive let alone expect somebody else to so, so. why would you resolve that though it seemed like a fun thing, like, okay, like this is some this is a change I can make in my life and I can actually start to do this. I see other people writing in cursive and there's a little bit of kind of almost like, wow, it might, might be kind of fun to do that. Is that, 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 that jealousy? Like calligraphy or something. You is know? that jealousy? No, it's not it's it's not it's more of the uh kind f- of he the had FOMO uh, for cur- he was FOMO. Fear some of it see if I see if I could do it too. Like I hadn't done it in so long. Like, can I actually write? So then what it ended up becoming is like a hybrid. It was like half the letters were cursive and half were not. So then it just so then I just kind of got rid of it. So is this true that they're not teaching cursive in schools anymore? I believe that it is. It's if it's not on its last leg, it's very very close. I don't know that they're actually teaching it anymore. Uh, I don't actually. I don't think they. I don't think my kids learned it. How Everyone long? writes like ugly block letters now. No, everybody writes on a on a machine. <laughs> they, no they, they, they text what? it. Yeah, they they just text. They it. dictate it in. Uh, I do have a resolution this year, so um, yeah, I, I realized that I did. It wasn't necessarily declared. It was more of that I kind of realized that I've been doing some some things in the beginning of the year, so therefore that's my resolution. So it's kind of taking care of some of those projects around your house that um, you kind of just live with, but then you're like, why am I just living this? Well, I don't know, I just fix this, and so that for that way it's not broken anymore, and I don't have to deal with the fact that the pocket door in the bathroom like is needs adjustment. I adjusted it, and that works great. So then I went from that to fixing some of the cabinet doors to some kind of on a little bit of a roll now. So that's my New Year's resolution. One man's resolution is another man's honeydew list. Right. So that's what that's I right. my, But it's dictated just, by me, so therefore oh, okay. it's my resolution. Awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. What about you, Clint? What's your resolution? Well, I want to get less fat. So that's, that's my resolution is that I got a little fat. Well, let's, hold on a second. Our, our listeners should, should be informed <laughs> as to what, what that means. This <laughs> harkens back to... Uh, when Clint went to a kind of a wellness uh, at uh, uh, our former employer, they would bring in some health experts and you could go for free and they would give you kind of a spot checkup wellness. Um, 
I don't know what uh, uh, analysis. Yeah, right? the calipers right. there and everything. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of so the um, nurse was trying. I, I think she was trying to be um, um, nice or uh, gentle to our friend Clint here, and so she said that he wasn't um, overweight. He was over fat. And that's a true story. She said he was over fat as an attempt to try to make him feel better about not being overweight. And Nate's never forgotten that. I've so. never and never <laughs> will I ever forget Clearly that. Clearly with that your New Year's is, resolution, you have not forgotten either. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm trying to reduce the fat. So, you know, I just I, I occasionally go on some health kicks and things like that. I'm no different from anybody else. But I, I put on some what I call Jonathan Jordan weight because, you know, he joined us. And so I had to just... You know, when I when I do that, I, I like obsess over things, and I don't sleep well. And you know, he was joining us, and so I would. This is the way that I prepare. So this is just the way that I do things. And then um, I like to eat comfort. Are food you a then. stress eater? Is that, is that a little deal? bit? A that, little bit. Yeah. Deal? Well, you you go out with me. You know, you know <laughs> what I eat. It's like when I'm when I'm off the rails. I'm off the rails. You know, it's it's sour cream and extra cheese and. You know, I don't care. So it's just like one of those things. It's a dairy state, so be careful about slamming dairy over there. Okay, I love chips and salsa, and I can't get enough of it. Like, I'm a salt guy. I'm not a sweet guy. I'm a salt guy. So so I'm trying to reduce that a little bit. You know, in a previous life, I was actually a diabetes specialist. Um, You know, before 10 years, I got in the business 10 years ago. I don't know if you knew this. I actually spent five years working with uh, patients and doctors that, uh, that had type 2 diabetes and cholesterol issues. And so one of the things we always talked about was diet. And, you know, how you can work on that. So, hey, you know, if I've caused you stress, there's some things I know, though, is that it doesn't take uh, 51 days, I think, I've been here. So I don't think you can gain that much weight in 51 days comfort eating. So I don't know if it's all the stress of me that's causing that. So maybe there's a little bit of a of a secret sweet tooth or something there that we're not seeing at the office because you're drinking zero-calorie drinks every day. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for the LaCroix sponsorship for us. So, But we're going to help um, hold you accountable to that resolution, right. though. We're all friends here. All right, Jonathan, what's your resolution? <laughs> So I actually, my resolution this year was to not, um, to not read the news or listen to the news until I've had at least two hours into my day. So, so I'll catch like little headlines or things like that that'll pop up sometimes or if I see something, but to just sit down and read it because I found that if I get up in the morning and, and you sit down and you read, there's so much depressing things out there right now. And, and this is just for me personally, as I like want to wake up and have a great start to my day to be able to have great engagement with my family. Uh, be able to have a good conversation with my wife. And, and this is real early. I mean, I got four kids, so I'm getting up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, 5.15 sometimes. So, but by the time I get to 7.30, 8 o'clock, I get to the office, that's when I'm willing to actually, you know, flip it open and see kind of what the topics of the day are. It's kind of a zen type uh, resolution. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good too. All right. So the purpose of the podcast, well, this I'm sure was... Um, Grossly entertaining to the majority of our listeners. Uh, the the purpose was to uh, talk about resolutions from a more financial and and any more specific than that, personally financial um, way that people behave in their lives and either ways that we would like to see them behave or resolutions that we would encourage them to make for themselves for 2018 um, to make sure that their financial. Um, outcome by the end of 2018 is as fruitful as possible. So Clint, what is one financial resolution that people should either think about or even more forcefully should implement uh, yesterday? I would say resolve to be more tax efficient. And so um, number one for that we see for people is that they've got a pile of cash sitting 
um, you know, in a checking or savings or money market account, and then they don't max out their qualified plan at work. So they don't max out their 401k or 403b plan, and they've got this pile of cash sitting there that they're not going to use. So the emergency fund is all funded and then some, and they're just not being tax efficient on that money. So they're paying the government too much money by really paying taxes on that amount um, where they could be deferring it. Um, or, you know, in some cases, if you're doing Roth, it, it makes sense to, to uh, you know, defer it in a different way. But, um, we, we, you know, there's too many people that are out there that are not maxing it out. And for the uh, people that, are, whether they're aware or not, the maximums are going up to 18500 for anyone that's under the age of 50. Um, so that's another $500 that you can put in. So you should make sure that you are adjusting that if you're one of those people that, that maxes out their 401k that went up a little bit. So make sure that you're adjusting for that. So I think what you're saying is co- people aren't being cognizant of the fact that their cash assets are, uh, whether they know it or not growing, uh, on a month over month or year over year basis while still leaving, uh, room in their 401k that they're not taking advantage of. So why grow more cash when you can have that money going in your 401k and get preferential tax treatment on every dollar that does that? Yeah. I mean, if you're paying, you know, 25% for Fed and 5% for state on that money. And I know the tax rates are different now. It's 2018. But, um, you know, for for example, if you're paying taxes on that and then the money's just going to sit in this emergency fund and pile up, why? You know, and then if you're not going to put that into your qualified plan, your 401k or 403b plan, and you're instead going to put in a taxable account, you know, that's just not as tax efficient. And there are reasons to use those accounts, liquidity and otherwise, but um, you should resolve to be more tax efficient there. Also with 529 college savings plans, you know, if you are going to set aside money for your children and you're not using it in a sort of tax advantaged manner and you've got, you know, more than a few years to save, um, let's take advantage of those accounts rather than having that money sit in a taxable account as well. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Well, I would say uh, for a resolution that people would have would be to pay themselves first. And oftentimes we sit down and we set our goals and we talk about being, you know, tax efficiency is important, but paying yourself first. What you're essentially doing every time that you get a paycheck is you are receiving compensation for the work that you did, the value of what you did. And when you sit down and you spend that money, you're spending it on things that you're ranking in terms of the importance of the need of that. But a dollar that you have that's put away now towards a future goal, say retirement, you have to view it like you're, you're paying a bill. I mean, ultimately what you are, what you're doing is you're paying your retirement bill because if you don't pay that bill, you won't have a retirement. And I see sometimes people, they'll, they'll ask questions like, should I, should I put some money away from my kid's college instead of putting it towards my retirement? And, you know, maybe for a specific reason, cause that's a goal for them or if they're on track for their retirement, that's, that's a, you know, perfectly viable thing to do or reasonable thing to do. But I've never gone to the bank. I don't know if you guys ever have and seen a bank that actually has um, loans for retirement. But I do see loans for college, loans for cars, things like that. So if you had a dollar that you needed to put away towards that future goal, if you want to retire, is put it away now. And by paying yourself first, that means that when you rank your bills in order of the importance of them, take that first amount that you're putting away, whether it's $500 or 1000 or getting to your max out because you can afford to for your 401k, but at least put in enough that you're matching whatever your company's doing and make that the first thing. It comes right out of your paycheck before you ever see the take-home money that pays all your other bills. It's a great way for you to learn to live within your means while still attending to your future financial goals. 
I think that's a, that's a great point as well. And I, I think to kind of put it in a different frame of mind for people, I don't think anybody that either uh, owns a home or uh, pays rent would, would even think for a second of just skipping a month of a mortgage payment or a rent payment. Kevin, how would that work for you if you just skipped a rent payment for a month? that work out pretty well for you. Probably have to uh, find different accommodations maybe in that, in that scenario. I'm not sure. Right. So while we would never, ever even think of doing that, we skip months of, as Jonathan says, kind of paying our retirement bill. So it, it's, it is just as important in the grand scheme of things, but yet one we wouldn't even think of, of missing, while the other one, uh, it's, it's not uncommon to just kind of forget or skip or reduce or not do at all. And so um, really kind of putting that into context of saying um, you, you pay bills because you feel the obligation to do it. Uh, you should feel at least as much obligation to uh, pay for your retirement as well. I think it's hard because uh, for some people, they feel like that money's getting taken away from them. You know, they take a look and um, I know talking to my wife and everything, we, we talk about saving just like everybody else does. And it's an odd situation when you say, yeah, you know, I need you to increase your retirement contribution. She's like, well, that's going to mean I have less money in my paycheck. And it's like, yeah, but we're just we're, we're making an asset an asset. I mean, it's not a big deal. We're, we're just repurposing that money. And I think that sort of mindset is difficult for people because they feel like that money is actually getting like taken away from them and it's not going to their bank account, but it's going into their 401k account. So it's yeah, just, you, you still have the money. You just have that money in a position where it's more powerful for you. I think the two most powerful things for someone's financial future are tax deferral and compound interest. Those two things together are the way that people truly grow wealth to be able to achieve long-term financial goals. That's right. And, and it's so difficult to see compounding happen in real time because it goes so slow. So, you know, it's these incremental changes. It's the uh, slowly reducing your fat every single day, and then you wake up six months later, and you're looking just svelte and awesome. Yeah. So, you know, or that's so I, so I think. I can't wait what, to see you in June. <laughs> what, are the, what are the total pounds that we're trying to lose? I'm, I'm about like 15 is, is 15. like my goal. Because I think 15 is like, you know, 15 is like the shirt size or the pant size. You know, that's, that's like the mark, 15 to 20. I, 20 is my stretch goal, but I want to get 15 gets me back to kind of like where I'm feeling Would good you start looking weird if you lost like 25? 25 would be a little weird. People would, yeah. would, would, you would kind of look weird almost. Yeah. Kind of as that like, almost like, oh boy, what's I'm thinking going on competition there? here. Maybe like an internal office, like body fat percentage of weight loss or maybe or, or weight you know we could do like a percentage because I, I obviously am the heaviest here at 220 pounds of of muscle I, th- I think, yes but, yes you know, felt muscle not so much but but yeah we're all around the same age maybe we should have a little six month check-in on that one we could do that a little podcast update you, you should allow me two weeks to fatten up a little bit now that i've <laughs> i've gotten a little head start the i don't know, I don't the know. you might have to you yeah. might have to give me some points or something just <laughs> just on that so, um, so the other thing too, when I want to throw out another, you know, we talk about resolutions for those of you out there that are listening, you're like, Hey, you know what? I already do pay myself first. I automatically have things withdrawn from my paycheck. There's always other things too, that you can do. And I would highly recommend that if you have not created a family budget now, if you haven't created one, come talk to me cause I can help you with this. It's what's helped my family in the last 16 years to be able to to do things with four kids and know what all the expenses were and what we're going to pay and what we're taking home through, through all sorts of different, uh, you know, changes, um, healthcare stuff with my kids, everything. I sit down and create an Excel spreadsheet that lists any bills that we have. And if there's a new one that gets added on, then we add it into the spreadsheet. But my wife and I are able to discuss that and go over each and every one each month. And, and as we know, we're budgeted for it. 
we feel real comfortable then if there's any excess, we can talk about where we can put that. And sometimes it's to spend it. Sometimes it's to give it away to a charity or other times it's to put it away towards another long-term goal. But if we didn't have that budget, we would really have no idea how much was going to be there. And I've found that for a lot of my clients that that's their biggest issue is they know that they're bringing in money. They know that they're spending money, but they have absolutely no clue from month to month or based out over a year, maybe what that's going to look like. And so that creates a sort of uh, apprehension in them and an anxiety that by creating a budget has helped to alleviate some of that. So that would be another, another resolution is create a budget. That's a good sure. budget. That's I mean, a good uh, that's resolution. Good Nate, do you have a resolution out there? That so what I, have? yeah, what I see that, um, and again, it's not that it's, it's, it's not that we don't know why it happens. We for sure know why it happens and science has actually proven why it happens, but the concept of, I want to take more risk when the market's going well, I want to invest more money when the market's going well, I want to reduce my risk. I want to reduce my contributions when the market's not doing well. So this idea of, um, kind of, we have it in reverse order almost in that, um, the time that we should be increasing risk, the time that we should be putting more money into investments is when the market's fallen 20 or 25%. Now, we've all been in this industry uh, through 08 and 09, and the phones were not ringing off the hook with tr- people trying to jam money in uh, when the market had just lost 25%. I'm not mistaken in remembering that, right? You're definitely they, not they, mistaken because I remember people pulling out money out of their IRAs to put it in an IRA CD because they were so concerned about it. You know, they thought that the sky was going to fall forever. Yeah, we had, it was a, it was a weird time and it was, if you wanted to get a, a case study on, on, um, kind of behavioral, um, uh, finance or, or the, um, the, de- the decisions that people make during times of stress when it comes to money, um, boy, there was a few months there in 08 and 09 where uh, you, you had it on a daily basis. And, and again, it's understandable. We're not, uh, we're not being critical of people making those decisions. We're not saying that, that um, you should just change the psychology in your brain because obviously that can't happen. But what we are saying is that um, we are at a time now when the market has run up quite a bit, and it might continue to run even further. But um, having a kind of consistent and well-thought-out and well-reasoned and well-founded uh, kind of method for how you invest and how much risk you take through any market is ultimately our recommendation for every client. Yeah, you know what's important, I think, is that you know people talk about market timing all the time, and is this a good time to invest? Is it not a good time to invest? And they try to time it all. And you know why worry about timing? Just consistently invest over all time frames, and you can kind of mitigate that. So you know, I I think that. That personally, I think that's the best course of action for people. Um, some people want to try to time it a little bit and say, is this an opportune time to put it in? Uh, but I think it's so difficult to time it out. I mean, I don't know. We could be talking here a year from now, and it could be the market could be up 30% or it could be down 30%. And if we just consistently invested over that period of time, over long periods of time, it doesn't matter. Now, if you... You know, if you're trying to make a one-year investment, yeah, I mean, market timing is inherently very important, and uh, you know, we would counsel you probably. It's, not it's more it. gambling than investing at that point. It is. It is. It it truly is. So you've got. Yeah, to be and I think careful. what people don't realize is that they're actually they are market timing, and that that's an interesting concept for people because we always talk about, you know, and people say, well, I, I don't market time that, so I don't do that. But when the market falls twenty percent, okay, it's now time to to get more conservative with my investments your market timing. That's right. what you are doing. And so it's an interesting kind of a, um, 
and a kind of set of circumstances where people don't think that they're doing the behavior that's exactly what they are doing by doing that. Well, and, and we do uh, a lot of uh, goals-based investing here where we identify through financial planning what clients' goals are, and then we build diversified portfolios. But as you, and there's a great point you made there, Nate, you made there is about the idea that, oh, if the market's going to keep going up, how should I, should I increase my risk now? The truth of it is, is that there are going to be times where we sit down with our clients, and from the last time that we met, the market's going to be down and your portfolio is going to be down. You know, because it's diversified, more than likely it won't be down as much as the market as a whole. But if you're ever driving by on Monroe Street and you're just so upset about where the portfolio has been over the last six weeks or month because there's a market correction that you want to throw a brick through our window, you probably want to make sure there's a check attached to it because it's usually the best time to actually put some more money in to your long-term investment goals. We need the market to go down in order to capture some of those benefits of lower costs for the investments because what history has shown is that you can't predict, I can't guarantee that the market will go higher than it is at its all-time high right now. You can't, you can't guarantee that's going to happen, but I can guarantee that every other time that it's done that, it has. So past performance tends to predict. There's no guarantees that it will. But over the long term, there's going to be dividends that are paid out. There's going to be market movements. And just because a market's flat doesn't mean you can't still work towards your long-term goals. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is us wanting people and and um, more so um, the behaviors of people to match what they have for goals. And and if your goal is a lofty goal, then your behavior absolutely needs to uh, be in sync with um, you know achieving that goal. I mean, if you and, and most of us do have lofty goals for retirement because these are big numbers that we need to to get to, and retirement saving is not easy. So. The behavior that we do in our day-to-day lives is absolutely a determining factor on whether or not that goal gets executed. And in some cases, it's even more important than what the actual market does. So um, while we can all bemoan the market from time to time when, when it takes wealth away from us or when it doesn't perform the way we want it to, we may very well be doing just just as much damage through our own personal behaviors of, to recap, not maxing out our 401ks or at least not increasing the amount that we're putting in on a year-over-year basis. We realize not everybody can max out, but if we are not increasing or if it's been five years since we've last increased, maybe we need to look at bumping that up in 2018. Um, you know, looking at at the idea of kind of having the right behavior in terms of, of um, market highs and market lows, um, as well as in, in kind of conjunction with Jonathan's, uh, kind of paying yourself first. I mean, if you, if you do one of these three things this year, it's a huge step in the right direction. If you do all three of these three things, the odds of your goals being achieved just went up exponentially. So we encourage you to uh, take the advice. Uh, We'll keep you updated as to uh, Jonathan not reading the news for the first two hours and being more zen. I'm gonna gonna add that, but that's fine. Uh, Clint losing 15 pounds, but hopefully more like 20 to 25 because it would be kind of fun to see like what that actually looks like. Um, healthy or not, um, we would all at least just like to see it. Um, and mine of, you know, continuing to um, break my house less and fix it more. Um, so we appreciate you listening today. We'll be back with uh, another episode very shortly. Yeah.
Advisory services are offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Wachner and Nate Condon are investment advisor representatives of Wachner Condon. Kevin Castro is an office manager and marketing communication specialist for Wachner Condon Financial Advisors. He is not registered, and his participation in this podcast is limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments he makes be construed as giving investment advice. Insurance products and services are offered through WC Insurance Services, LLC, Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, and WC Insurance Services, LLC, are affiliated companies. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Wachner Condon Financial Advisors LLC is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Wachner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not promise or guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see wachnercondon.com for additional disclosures.